Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Truth in Christ Radio, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. And whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. Has that ever happened to you as well? A lot of times the things that I really hate the most are the things that are, that are true of my own life, true of my own nature. And I look, and if there's something in your own heart that you hate, it could be a, a sin issue. And when you see it in somebody else, boy, you're so quick to run after it and just nail them to the wall with it. But you do the same thing. And so we... Ought to be careful. How can I ever say enough? How amazing is your love? How can I keep from shouting your name? I know I am loved by the King, and it makes my heart want to sing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob teaches us in James chapter 4 that there are many times we judge someone else based on our natural reaction to things in this world. He tells us that even though we may conduct ourselves in the same manner as another, our sin always looks worse on someone else than it does on us. Therefore, we have a tendency to judge others. He reminds us that Jesus said we must always be aware of the plank in our own eye before we criticize the speck in someone else's eye. There is only one judge, and that is our God. Here's Pastor Rob with today's message. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul said this to the Ephesians in verse 25. He said, Therefore, put away all lying, and let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are all members of one another, and be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. And boy, that is so important if you have a a spouse. Have you gone to bed and you're angry with one another? (laughs) Or have you gone to bed and you've got this problem with one of your your kids? And you're just kind of like in your corner and you're just like angry. So important to try and get that right before you put your head on the pillow. Because people are important. The people you love are very important to you. They're the only ones who truly know you and love you unconditionally. Sometimes. Hmm. God loves you unconditionally. But in verse 27, he says, Nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. And let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And, to, and, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. You know you can grieve him? We can grieve him by slandering one another or slandering somebody else, slandering a politician. And there's a lot of that happening today. There is. I feel so bad for Brett Kavanaugh. Sounds like a really good man. You know, comparatively, you know, he sounds like a really good man, and yet people were willing to kill him. And think of the rotten heart. 
the heart that just judges and says, who's judging the judge, right? We can get so nasty, and God is saying, I've given you a higher calling. I've given you a greater purpose for your life. Will you use your heart and your mouth and everything, everything that I've given you, use it for good. We need to do that. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, verse 30, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And here it is, verse 31. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, there's our word again, be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Boy, that's something that we got to do more often is forgive, forgive, forgive. Jesus said if you don't forgive others, you will not be forgiven. That's a really tough verse, and I don't claim to grasp it all, but I take it at face value. It's really important for us to forgive one another, as Christ has forgiven you. It's been said that the church is the only army in the world that shoots its own wounded. And this is a hard thing for us, right? Because it really causes us to look at ourselves and our own hearts. You know, turn with me to Matthew chapter 4. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 says this, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. To be tempted by the devil. And this word devil is this word, I think, there it is. <laughs> this word devil means di- diabolos. And look at the, the definition of the word. It ought to remind us of speaking evil. Same, same definition, pretty much. A traducer, a false accuser, a slanderer. And so when we speak evil, we are playing right into the hand of the devil. We are being his mouthpiece. Because the only thing that's different about this noun is the verb that we just read, speaking evil or evil speaking. One's a noun, one's a verb, and they both mean the same thing. The devil's the one who's the slanderer. And yet we can use that same tongue and hurt other people. So how important is it? And we speak evil of things that we don't know much about. You know, I was thinking of, the again, the politicians. You know, right now it's just really, really bad. It's always been bad, but it's really bad now since President Trump has been elected. You may not agree with him, and that's okay. We may not agree with any politician, but we vote, we voice our opinion, and then let God do his work. Because the powers that be are ordered by him. He's the one who put him in power. Whether you like it or not, (laughs) that's the way it is. He's allowed it. He's allowed it. And so we need to get on our face and pray and say, Lord, save this man, him and his cabinet. But we speak evil of things that we know nothing about. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, Then the, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and how to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment, and especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. Notice, these are unbelievers. And they are, not, they are presumptuous. They're self-willed. They're not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. Whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. Even the angels are smart enough to know that they won't slander anything or anyone. But um, Paul exhorts Timothy in chapter 2. He says, Therefore I exhort first of all that all supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men 
And then he goes even a step further, for kings and for all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. And so it's really important that we do that. Instead of arguing, instead of complaining, instead of slandering, we ought to pray. We ought to pray. And Jude, another one of Jesus' half-brothers, don't you find it interesting that we have James and Jude the half-brothers of Jesus who gave their lives for him. What a testimony of the truth of who Jesus is, his character. And Jude, in uh, Jude chapter 1, verse 8, he he says, speaking of unbelievers now, he says, Likewise, also these dreamers, they defile the flesh, these unbelievers, they reject authority, they speak evil of dignitaries, and yet Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil when he disputed over the body of Moses. What did the devil want to do with the body of Moses? I am sure he wanted to set up a monument and have all the Christian church (laughs) worship it. Right? They would have set it up somewhere over there in Moab, and there'd be a big shrine, and we'd all you know, be tempted to go there. Not, not us. You know, We know that that's silly. We wouldn't do that. But there are some who would. And the devil wanted to set him up on an altar and say, look at this great man of God. Anything to get them away from Jesus. Focus on the man instead of focusing on God. Right? So he's contending for the body of Moses. He dared not bring a railing accusation um, but says, the Lord rebuke you. Even Michael the archangel spoke, speaking to the devil, said, the Lord rebuke you. And that was all he had to say to him. He didn't log on to his Twitter account and go down at the bottom and make all kinds of comments. But these speak evil of whatever they do not know, and whatever they know naturally, like brute beasts. In these things they corrupt themselves. Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain, have run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. And you know, if this is true of unbelievers, how much more do we need to obey that? So I'm driving that point home. You know, just be careful of our tongue and how we speak evil. And in the verse... In this verse 11, too, it speaks about judges. And when you think of the word judge, what do you think of? When I think of a judge, I think of somebody who has the authority to put the gavel down, who makes the final decision, the one who is able to to place a sentence to condemn. And as we saw earlier, there is only one who has that right because he has all knowledge. And see, when we judge people, we, we, can, we can look at them and we can judge their motives. They do something and we immediately pigeonhole them. We stick them in a box that we've created in our mind. Well, this person is this. This person is that. They're just doing this because of this. And we've got our boxes. And we pigeonhole everybody that we encounter into one of those holes. And it's almost as if they can't get out of those holes once we've placed them there. We always remember that they're in that box because they did this or they said this. And yet we don't know all the information. So quick we are to pigeonhole. And God is saying, you don't even know why they did what they did. Has this ever occurred to you when you judge somebody and then later on, and I said this before, you find out more information and you feel horrible because you realize, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand. And then you go and you apologize to them, you know. We just don't have all of the information. We are not omniscient. We like to think that we are sometimes, and even when we get all of the facts, we have a a mountain of facts, and there may be one thing that can come in that can change everything. To me, that's what the court system is so dangerous. It's such a wonderful thing, but boy, is it dangerous. 
You know, they bring all of these facts in, and one thing can overturn everything. A DNA sample. Everybody saw him there. Everybody, it, he looked like he did it. He even acted like he was a little bit guilty about it, but the DNA sample comes in. It was somebody else. Happens all the time. There are men and women spending time in prison for things that they didn't do because of one thing. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said, he says, judge not. And again, it's the same word that we were looking at. Don't condemn, you know, don't pass judgment, don't pass the sentence. Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with what measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but you don't consider the plank that is in your own? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank, a a, a log is sticking out of your own head, right? First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you'll be able to see clearly and remove the speck from your brother's eye. In Romans chapter 2, if you want to go there, Paul said to the Romans, he says, Therefore, you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge. For in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. Has that ever happened to you as well? A lot of times the things that I really hate the most are the things that are, that are true of my own life, true of my own nature, and I look, and if there's something in your own heart that you hate, it could be a, a sin issue. And when you see it in somebody else, boy, you're so quick to run after it and just nail them to the wall with it. But you do the same thing. And so we ought to be careful. He says, But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. And do you think this, O man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? In Romans chapter 14, Paul goes on and he says, Receive one, receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Have you ever encountered someone who's maybe a vegetarian, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm okay with vegetarians. I'm okay if you're a, only a meat eater, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, sometimes we get into these things where we, we, we look at other people and we immediately judge them because of what they eat. Well, you're not a vegan? You're not a vegetarian? You ate a hamburger? Oh, you're going to go to hell for that. Right? And they, they make a religion out of it. Be careful. We can't do that, right? In fact, I like people who are vegetarians because they remind, they have this, most people who are vegetarians have this nice lean muscles and they're fairly thin, their body mass index is like negative three. And then I show up, this carnivore, and I've got a body mass index of, and, um, and I'm a meat eater, and I'm like, man, you look good, you know, you look healthy, you know, so... There's a, there's a story, there's a, a lesson I need to learn there. But you know what? We've got to be careful in that too, that we don't look upon other people and judge them over the things that they eat or the things that they don't eat. Think of how silly it is. But yet it happens. And there is a difference between judging and knowing a person by their fruit. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, beginning in verse 43, he says, For a good tree does not bear bad fruit. If it's a good tree, it's going to bear good fruit. Nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. 
For every tree is known by its fruit. And men, for men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. And here he makes it personal. He says, a good man, now he gets from the, 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 the actual fruit trees themselves, now he gets to the, the, the human being. He says, but a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. So fruit is something that we can see. And we can examine that fruit. That's not judging. That's just saying, hey, that's a good man. That person is not doing so well. right? But we have no right to judge them and say you know, that they're going to hell because of this. Because they could get saved the very next day. So we can't judge them. But we are to look at the fruit. We're to look at the fruit in our own lives. Lord, am I one of yours? And if I am, are there evidences from my own life to others around me? Is there fruit hanging off the vines? Is it pleasant fruit or is it not so good? So we can be a fruit inspector first in our own life, but you don't have to go the extra step and judge, but you can look for fruit. It's okay. A murderer is a murderer. If you go up to a murderer and say, and he's guilty, he's certainly killed somebody, and you say, well, you're a murderer. It's true, isn't it? Are you judging him? No, you're telling the truth. It is the truth. Were you caught thieving and stealing? You're a thief. Are you a liar? (laughs) Have you been lying all your life? You're a liar. Are you judging? I don't know, necessarily. It's probably the truth, especially if you are. But when we judge a motive... We don't know all the information. That's where we have to be careful. And we certainly don't know the end of that person's life. Verse 12, it says, There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. And so he says, Who are you to judge one another? In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 10, in Hannah's prayer, she said something really interesting. As she was, uh, as she was praying... In verse 10, she said this. She said, The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. From heaven he will thunder against them, and the Lord will judge the ends of the earth. There is only one judge. Test one, two, there we go. There's only one judge, and that is God himself. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. Let's look at verse 13. It says, come now, now the subject changes a little bit, now that we've all been beaten up by judging and speaking evil, and how we can play right into the hand of the devil. Notice those two words before. You know, the speaking evil and the devil. Same definition. One's a verb, one's a noun. So consider that. Say, Lord, give me a a purity in my mouth, my thoughts. But James goes on and he says, Verse 13, he says, Come now, you who say tomorrow or today, we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. You know, in Psalm 139, David spoke this very similar thing. He said in verse 39, verse 4, he says, Lord, make me to know my end. And there's a wise man. Make me to know my end. And what is the measure of my days that I may know how frail I really am? I I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what today holds. It says, indeed, you have made my days as handbreadths and my age as nothing before you. Isn't that humbling? (laughs) It's really humbling, isn't it? 
My age is nothing before you. Certainly every man at his best state is but a vapor. But a vapor. You know, I love doing memorial services because everyone there is there because they are, they, they're missing a loved one who has just passed on. And that is such a great time to share with them how life really is a vapor. It's short. And what's really disturbing is when you have someone who's young who passes, hasn't even experienced a life yet, their life is but a vapor. Whether you're 50 years old, whether you're 18 years old, whether you live to the ripe old age of 95, your life is but a vapor. It goes, doesn't it? It comes and it goes. You remember on June 27th of 2017, there were five young ladies, graduates from Fairport High School, that died in a fiery car crash in East Bloomfield, New York. And here are their faces. These young ladies had just graduated high school. Many of them were on the cheerleading team. Just a week prior to their crash there in East Bloomfield, they had graduated. They were looking forward to tomorrow. What's going to happen? They they probably already had colleges secured. They probably already had the tuition, maybe. Maybe they were sending out applications to different colleges. Many of them had boyfriends. Perhaps getting serious and thinking about, is this the one I'm going to marry? And that day, they had no idea when they woke up that they'd pull around a tractor or pull around a car at night, around 10 o'clock at night, on 5 and 20 in Canandaigua. And I think some texting might have been involved because just moments before they crashed, there were records of the texting that they were texting back and forth with two other car, with another car. And they went head on into a tractor trailer, full speed. And the whole thing consumed in flames, and they were trapped underneath the, the tractor trailer. And they burned to death. And those five young ladies had no idea that their life is a vapor. And so we tend to make our plans. We tend to make our plans. I love what it says in Psalm 90. Moses wrote Psalm 90, and it says this. Let's just read it because it's very sobering. He says, Lord, you have been my dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were ever brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn man to destruction and say, Return, O children of men. And here it is. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past. And like a watch in the night, you carry them away like a flood. They are like a sleep. In the morning they are like grass which grows up, and in the morning it flourishes, and it grows up, and in the evening it is cut down and it withers. And then down in verse 10, he says, The days of our lives are 70 years. Moses lived to be 120. But he said most men only live to be 70. He says, The days of our lives are 70 years. And if by reason of strength or good health they are 80 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger? For as the fear of you, so is your wrath. And here is the verse, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Every day is a gift. Every day is a, is, a, is a gift from God and how we ought to cherish it. In Job chapter 13, he said, Man decays like a rotten thing, like a garment that is moth-eaten. And 
verse four or chapter fourteen. He says, "Man who is born of woman." Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of James. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office for ordering details. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio or sanctuary messages in MP3 format, free of charge, from the resources link. You can also listen to these messages on your mobile device by going to Calvary Chapel of Rochester on Google Play or Apple Podcasts. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until this same time tomorrow, This has been Truth in Christ.